0: I'm Sit Down with Stand-Ups. My guest today is an extremely talented guitarist, singer, and songwriter. He's a lead guitarist in the band Carney and was in the orchestra for Broadway's Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. He's also been on Oprah, Ellen, and David Letterman. Bono of U2 declared him the greatest guitarist in New York and L.A. And he is currently playing guitar for John Mayer. He's a good friend and I'm very privileged to be sitting here with Mr. Zane Carney. What's up, dog? How are you Zane? Awesome starting a rap career and I'm going to talk
1: like this. You know? <laughs> What's up? Do a little rap record in the middle yeah, of Yeah, man, like little John, dude, that's my inspiration. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> my chalice, dog, drinking out of my chalice. <laughs> I don't know if he says that, but he does drink out of a chalice.
0: <laughs> it's good to have you back in LA.
1: Yeah, man, it's so good to be back. Aryan was one of my favorite guitar students ever. We did lessons like three times, <laughs> but they were very fun. Yeah, and every time I see you on like playing with John Mayer, now I'm like telling yeah. my friends, "Like that guy was my guitar teacher." Like pretty how crazy. We suck a guitar then. You know, like, and every time I'm on uh, Letterman with Mayer, I'm saying that guy was my guitar student. I point you out. It's weird. I bring a picture of you everywhere. <laughs> That's great. Um, Uh, So you've
0: been in L.A. for about how long now?
1: I've been in L.A. I I moved back here after that whole Spider-Man musical thing out in New York. I moved here, um, let's see, about five months ago, really. Okay. But about half of that time was on tour with John, so I've kind of been like not really here. I'd say about a month ago, I felt like I was stable. Fully in L.A.? (laughs) Yeah, it's really nice to be back. I love it out here. How did the whole Spider-Man on Broadway come about? Man, it was crazy. So basically... Julie Taymor, who's a really famous and really wonderful and gifted director... She did it Across the Universe, She did right? Across the Universe, the movie. She directed The Lion King, wow. which is the number one selling Broadway show in history, I think. Yeah. They have it in like 20 different countries. And basically, she came to see our band Carney play a show at a very small club in New York because a friend of ours was in Across the Universe. And that friend said, hey, just, Julie, come to see my yeah. friend's band. And so after that, she hired my brother to be in a Shakespeare film of hers... And then she said, Listen, we're about to get funding for this Spider Man musical. We just need someone to come sing songs. We don't we're not auditioning you, we just need someone to come sing songs. Turns out Bono and Edge were there and they heard Reeve <laughs> sing and went, um, he needs to be the guy. Wow. And then once uh once that happened, Julie said to Bono and Edge, Hey, you know, they, Reeve comes from a band, and they said, we, that's what this musical needs, a rock band, not an orchestra, like a real actual touring rock band. So then they hired us and um, That's incredible. It was pretty amazing. Yeah. And they got I think we all kind of got lucky in the process because the fear on the musical side was that as a rock band we might not be able to read music. But thank goodness everyone in Carney was trained, so we yeah. all were able to like kind of scratch their backs. They definitely scratched ours. And uh, yeah, the people fun. who have been studying violin for years, like, oh, who are these rock? And right. Rollers? Actually, and in fact, everyone in the orchestra. We were the trio, the core of the the um, the project. We worked with Edge for like two weeks at this in this little room in L.A. Just the three of us and Edge. Wow. And the orchestrator, and yeah. it was freaking awesome. And basically, we came into the 19 First Orchestra as that combo. And about a month in, we got a bunch of, like, pats in the back. And, you know, like, everyone in the orchestra was saying, we honestly thought this was going to be rough. <laughs> but, like, we're really impressed that you guys can actually sight read as well as we can. And and honestly, we, we had it all wrong. We thought you guys were going to be whack. That's uh, amazing. I, I said, uh, thank you, I think. I mean, that's kind of messed up. dude. Yeah. Like, I mean, go, screw yourself. I'm a professional musician. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so how about that? That's so cool. Yeah, and it absolutely. happened
0: so fast. I remember you guys yeah. were, like, playing, like, all the time in L.A. as Carney. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. all of a sudden, like, oh, I'm going to be on Broadway in New York. It was That's so crazy. Great. We
1: had, like, a residency at the Troubadour. Carney started at the Molly Malone's, and then we moved up to the Troubadour. And then we did, like, a string of shows at the Troubadour each week. And then we played the El Rey twice. And then, I yeah, was there. That was an amazing show. You were there. Show. That was such a fun show, That was man. a great show. Uh, what's so cool about playing a place like that is... It's there's something about like the more people that can fit into the room, the longer your set can be. Yeah. And so like Molly Malone's, we try to do like an hour and 15. Troubadour, we do about an hour and a half. I think at the El Rey, we knew that it was potentially going to be our last show in LA ever because the band did eventually disband. But uh, we thought, you know, let's just go out with a bang. So I think we did 23 songs. Wow. And the amazing thing is Reeve, you know, our lead singer, my brother, is such a prolific songwriter that 21 of those were originals because he just, he writes so many songs. Yeah and all of his songs are so amazing so that anyone who was in that room I think it was November of 2009 that was a pretty freaking nice that was (laughs) a great show (laughs) yeah yeah man wow Um, sorry if you don't
0: mind me asking how come Carney disbanded, because I know you guys yeah. are still friends, and John's oh, yeah. on your album. John and played, yeah, John the drummer it.
1: from Carney played on my album. And Reeve's uh, your brother. So. Reeve's <laughs> my brother still, we haven't changed that yeah. legally. Yeah. Um, in fact, JD, or Aiden Moore, as we call him in Carney, but his real name is JD, He, um, our bass player, he and John came to play with me in Chicago at a festival, actually. Oh, nice. John Mayer was headlining the festival, wow. and then the people at the festival reached out to me and said, hey, Zane, we heard that you're a solo artist now, we heard your music, can we... Pay you some money to fly a band out here and, and have you perform on a smaller stage right before John goes on. I said, "Yeah." So there were two <laughs> stages at this festival in in uh, Chicago, the Food Network Festival, and I played the second stage at like five p.m. and then I ran over to John's thing and played with John, That's and it crazy. was awesome. Yeah. but JD and John from Carney played with me. But as far as Carney breaking up, I mean, technically, nothing. I guess in life's permanent, so it's possible that we will get back together. But um, basically, Reeve um, was doing Spider Man. He was in the show. We mm-hmm. were in the pits. We had very different lifestyles. Yeah, and we couldn't do a Carney show for two years in New York. Oh wow! The yeah. last show we played together as a band was opening for U two on in July of two thousand eleven. our last show, oh. and then things just kind of started getting weird politically and mm-hmm. emotionally and. We're all human beings who want to do different things. And Reeve got this TV show as well. He's in Ireland filming. So as of right now, it's more just even the fact that we're not in the same place. I got called by John Mayer to play with him. It's just like, ah. Right. But um, I don't know. All I know is that I love playing with Reeve so much. Um, I had some ego issues over it even you know, for like a year or two after we broke up. I was like, well, I'm, I don't want to play guitar for you anymore because I want to write my own songs. And then I've started to really... Realize that that's not actually part of my character. That was just a response to the the shock of the band breaking up. So now I'm like, dude, whenever he wants me to play with him, I want to play with him. Um, you know, maybe I'll play on his new album, which is coming out in like a couple months. Wow, yeah. If not, that's totally cool too. Um, and then John, I love playing with John. I love playing with JD. So my trio right now is three of Carney. So I kind of want to convince Reeves to like play guitar in my band. Maybe. Just come, back. I, 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 yeah. just come, just come Baby, come back to me. me. <laughs> well, if I we could take it back a little bit, when did you first start playing guitar? Okay, I started playing guitar when I was ten years old, as a response to my brother's getting a guitar, and then I got like for April of two thousand or nineteen ninety five. I was ten years old. I got a guitar as a gift, and um, man, I just. I got nuts, really OCD into it, which is a thing for me. Like I like juggling when I was a kid. I like magic, <laughs> I liked, like anything that I could like totally be obsessive in AD, like non-ADD, the yeah. opposite of ADD, hyper focused. I would do it. So video games, juggling for real, magic, freaking Pokemon trading cards, like anything. <laughs> once guitar came in, I found that it was like it was. I could get much more obsessive with it because with juggling, once you learn how to juggle, then you just kind of get better at juggling and maybe right. add another item or something or. With, Magic, you learn a specific trick and then you know it. With music, it's sort of like limitless. Like, there's so many finger combinations, fretboard combinations, tunings. So I just kind of was like, oh yeah, I can lose myself in this. And I did. I would... I would pick up the guitar, and then four hours later, I uh, what happened? I don't even I, I'm not even good. Like yeah. I'm just like blink, blink, blink. But I
0: I would just sit there. What a great transition from magic and juggling to oh, yeah. the guitar. Because I went the opposite. I went from guitar really? to magic oh, yeah. and juggling. And, I and magic feel and juggling like guitar are... is way cool. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, I should have yeah. went the other way. Around. Son of a.
1: Yeah, no. It's I, I love music though, and I I didn't actually know that I wanted to be a musician professionally or career or vocationally. Until I was 19. I went to USC Studio Jazz Guitar Program, and I actually thought I was going to be an actor. I thought, you know, I love music. People have been really nice to me about my playing, so I guess I should do it. But actually, I I used to act when I was a kid. So you know what? I I love acting. I'm going to go back to acting. So I talked to an agent that I used to work with and said, hey, would you want to sign me again? And they said, actually, you were on a sitcom for these years? And like, yeah, you have enough of a resume for us to sign you. So this is great news. Then I get a phone call for a tour, my first tour. With this girl, Renee Olstead, who now is conveniently married to one of my best friends, yeah. Tommy King, who you know. But I thought, oh, this is way cool. I need to at least try this. And then I, when I got on tour, I went, oh, I need to do this forever. This is great. That's so sweet, yeah. So, yeah, that's how I went down. What were your
0: parents like? Because they must have been pretty cool. Because you, mm-hmm. you know, They have three children who are artists, and you mm-hmm. were acting as a child. And- yeah,
1: they are really cool, yeah. My dad was a jingle songwriter, so he wrote basically songs for commercials Oh, cool! in New York. He also was signed to Columbia Records for like two songs back in the like, late 60s. Wow. So he's a musician. And then my mom went to Cincinnati Conservatory of Music for Musical Theater. And uh, she's a jewelry designer. She still designs jewelry. And in fact, now they're selling her jewelry on uh, Showtime's website because Dorian Gray, the character in, in Showtime's Penny Dreadful, is played by my brother Reeve Carney. And she, uh, she um, is... Um, she, her jewelry inspired Dorian Gray's jewelry style for the show. He's he's not wearing her jewelry on the show, but basically everything he's wearing is an homage to her jewelry. So Showtime reached out and said, "Hey, we want to sell. Like, if you want to buy Dorian's look, yeah, like sell buy Fables jewelry. Wow, that's so great. So that's pretty cool. So it's all interconnected. It's kind and, of all connecting right and now.
0: That makes total sense. Yeah, you know, musicians in the family. And I know, pretty wacky. musicians for
1: <laughs> children. Yeah, that's so sorry, cool. sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, who are your early influences? when you're
1: learning guitar? Uh, guitar Guitar-wise, Wes Montgomery is the first musician I ever... Did you get into jazz at 10? I got into jazz at like 12 and a half or 13. Wow. 10 years old. The first song I learned, I think, was Age of Aquarius from the musical Hair, which I don't know (laughs) what that's about. But it does have really cool chord changes, which is probably why I loved it. But at a young age, I remember my dad really loved lyrics and the Beatles and songwriting and folk and John Denver and stuff like that. And our mom loved Trisha Yearwood and, like... Country music that was actually cool, and she liked um like the Wind Beneath My Wings and songs like that, like eighties power ballads, and she also loved Billy Joel, and so that was kind of my parents' musical taste. I don't know where I got into like Michael Jackson and Mariah Carey, but I got really into R and B as a kid, and it kind of makes sense now that I'm old enough to think about it. Really, R and B has such a jazz rooted background, and definitely blues background, right. but even a jazz background with the harmonic extensions and whatnot. So. I don't know. I the music I listened to as a kid was already pre-jazz. It was like pre-jazz training. Yeah. And then I discovered West Montgomery and went, oh, this is what it's this all is where fun. they probably got some of these ideas from. Yeah. And then I like went dove deep into jazz and went, this is nuts. And I just fell in love with it. That's really so, when I started loving music. Yeah. Yeah. And then um,
0: so you like West Montgomery at like twelve, which is amazing. Yeah. And then a teacher got... told
1: me to get smoking at the half note. Oh, that's I was, a great. I I was twelve or thirteen, maybe thirteen. I went to guitar camp. And the guy said, yeah, here, try this out. And in class, I remember there were 10 kids and he started talking about the diatonic. I think we did it in our lessons, the diatonic scale and the chords that come from it. And after class, I asked a few questions and he said, oh, wow, you really got this. I said, I guess, I don't know, it just makes sense to the way my mind works. Like that logically makes sense what you drew. He said, interesting. Well, that's pretty cool. That already makes sense. (laughs) So he gave me some special side lessons about melodic minor modes and other things. And I was understanding it somehow. I don't know how. I'm not gonna take any credit for it. I just whatever brain my parents you know, making a baby made. They <laughs> made this brand, I'm not Diatonic like, scales. We're gonna make a diatonic baby. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, so I don't know, I just got really into it. And um and then yeah, the, and then West Montgomery like exploded my mind. Bill Evans, Sunday at the Village Vanguard, oh, yeah. that exploded my mind. And then ever since then, I mean from age 13 to 19 I didn't listen to anything but jazz. I was against actually rock and roll and pop and things. And then I finally softened on that. And then I made an album. Yeah, <laughs> that's I, right, like, I see you holding up. Yeah.
0: Your album I love um. Well, you have one with confluence and that's the one where you're singing and you have songs yeah. you written on it. And yeah. then you also have amalgam which is your jazz record. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah, it has like everything in it. It's like jazz and blues and rock and yeah, it's kind of wacky. I love it cuz it like it starts out You know, kind of like jazzy, and then like it hits like Gambit. and Yeah, and then it's like, what's happening here? super hard (laughs) rock and blues. I love it.
1: Yeah, it's really fun to make that. Yeah, I mean, Confluence came out, I think, a little over a year ago, so September 2013. And that's been really exciting because it's led to things like opening, you know, or playing at a festival before John. Actually, one festival in in Australia, they also found out about Confluence and asked me to do uh, the same stage as John. So I was the first act on like a four or five song, five-bill stage that included... Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros then John Mayer. And I was like, dude, this is tight that I was on this stage." <laughs> and John, during our show, was like, who was here earlier to see Zane?" And I was like, oh, this is nuts, man. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that album has really been great. But Amalgam came out because I had surgery on my voice and had to rest it for like really the better part of three to five months around it. And I called my team and went, I don't, I don't know what I should do right now because this momentum from Confluence is really picking up and people have been buying the record on iTunes and all that jazz, and um, I said, but I have this these like ten these eighteen recordings of instrumental songs, and if I compile it down, like if I if I shortened it to ten songs, I think it could be a real album. I, I was emailing this because I couldn't talk, and right. my lawyer was like, you know what, do it, just like get some music out there. So I put it out, and actually, the whole amalgam thing has led to some weird stuff. Like I might start scoring music. Tommy King and I are starting a film scoring team, but like there are opportunities that where people want to use music like what's on Amalgam. For film and television, that would be like, incredible. Dude, this is that would be a great little yeah. sidebar to have, <laughs> you know, to make music Just for write movies. a score. <laughs> that's that a dream, actually. I think it's, I think it might happen because I've been talking about it so much, and and I'm so passionate about it. And now Tommy and I are recording. It's like I think it's gonna happen. So that's perfect. Pretty yeah. exciting. That totally makes sense. Yeah, I'll send you some of the songs. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Yeah, yeah. thank
0: you. And uh, I have a question about like when you're recording a jazz album, mm-hmm. or, I know you you're like. The king of improvisational guitar oh boy and when you're when you're right well you're really good at it and thanks. when you make an album especially if it's like a jazz album uh do you i mean i know a lot of the songs are written already mm-hmm. but do how you, does that work do you have room for improvising while you're recording as well yeah so okay
1: so amalgam almost the entire album like 99 95 of it was recorded fully live straight to tape The only things that were not recorded live were not fixing of mistakes. It was just adding melodies. So there's a song called Good Old Roy where I added a guitar melody. So that was done after the fact not to tape because we'd already put it into Pro Tools. That's amazing. So Um, the whole band is in the room. Whole band. We were in different rooms. We had bass and drums in one room. And then my guitars, because they were louder, were in another room. and yeah it was literally recorded to tape hypothetically we could mix this record analog and put it on vinyl and it would be a fully analog process pretty much Wow. Um, but yeah there are one or two other melodies where I added a melody Black Matter that was recorded in Memphis at a studio not the tape but yeah it it was a really fun process fully live these are full takes things aren't spliced and add guitar parts and other stuff And that was part of the risk of it. It was almost like skydiving. Like, we're just going to do this. And we didn't know it was going to be a record. So we just thought we're just testing out tones. We're having fun. We recorded Amalgam, actually, like two and a half, three years ago. But I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do with these. And then my voice broke. I'm like, I got an idea. Let's put out a record. (laughs) So that's what happened. (laughs) How quick was that process? Uh, It took, we recorded all those songs in about seven to eight, no, 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 nine days. Wow, yeah, that's yeah. so fast. Oh yeah, we did like multiple songs a day and it was I was charting out stuff. I actually wrote half those songs in the process. I was like, I don't know, this is an idea. Jeez. And the drummer was like, yeah, yeah, that's a cool idea. I said, all right, well, here's what the melody might be. Here's a chart and I'd write it out and i just, let's just do like three takes. And we did three takes. We literally had no idea we were making a record. We were just that's having fun. Crazy, yeah. yeah, and it worked out it's really well. It's such a good album too. Thanks. I had no idea that well, it was. Well, I will say in post, I spent like three months like obsessively finding the order, remastering, right. remixing, and uh, then like the artwork came into play and that kind of influenced oh wait the record should be in this order so I, I spent so much time on that it was like making the like the most specific mixtape ever and so cuz i got to be honest the first 18 song batch i had i was like this is not a record what the heck is this yeah so it took a lot of like archaeological digging but that's that's good to hear that it sounds like it was supposed to yeah, be a record i know from it start. was recorded live
0: to tape that's amazing yeah yeah it was really fun yeah what a great album thanks and, man uh i mean when you used to teach me guitar. I never actually heard you sing before. Yeah, well I, I hadn't really you sang. had the vocal surgery, right? Yeah.
1: I'm I'm am realizing that I am starting to let go of this part of my story. The first when the album first came out, Confluence, I had this whole story about how I used to not sing and now I'm singing and it's new. And I think part of that was like a subconscious way for me to apologize for how I didn't think my singing was as good as my guitar playing. So I kind of I kind of wanted to create a story just like, "Oh, by the way, guys, here's why my voice isn't as good as the guitar. It's cuz I didn't sing a lot." The actual truth is, from a young age, I've been singing, but my voice would break almost every single time I used it. So I sang in vocal jazz for two years in high school. And as a, as a musician, as you can understand, I had an ability to hear notes and hold them, but my vo- I didn't have an ability to control my voice. Mm. But the fact that I could hold a pitch well enough because of playing music and understanding music theory, the teachers wanted me in vocal jazz. So I would almost help people around me sometimes, too, like, here's a note we're on. I can't sing it. <laughs> but you need to sing it. But yeah. Here, no, no I'd lose my voice. Um. But I, I, would sing background vocals with Jesse McCartney when I played with him. I sang wow. background vocals in Carney, but it would just break like every show, and there was nothing I could do about it. I went to a singing teacher, an amazing vocal teacher, Valerie Morehouse, um, who consequently has helped me post surgery more than I can even imagine. But before surgery, there was nothing she could do either. It was like I had a broken voice that I was born with, where basically a piece of my vocal cord was missing. So I did the best I could. Everything on Confluence, I sang on that broken voice. I just powered through, and I'd do like a freaking
0: big take on You're Not the One. Is and then, it painful? Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: and then three days later, I couldn't talk. It was like awful. Oh, man. Anyway, I got surgery, and um, now I'm not really using that as part of my story. You know, you said you never heard me sing. Mm-hmm. It's because I, it would, I would lose my voice. Technically, I could sing back then, but my tone was very raspy. Um, it, it was thin as well, thin and raspy, and I didn't have control over it, and I'd lose it. Fast forward to December of 2013, I had surgery, and now it's like I can pretty much sing whenever I want, however I want. And uh, so now I'm probably going to, on like sort of, you know, podcasts, interviews, things like that, I probably won't even share that I didn't used to sing. I'll probably just pretend like I've always sung because I feel actually like I can communicate with my voice now, which is all I've ever wanted to do. I don't want to be the world's best singer or anything. I want to just be able to communicate. Yeah, because I was going to say, I was like, wow. You know, I've never heard Zane sing, and then all of a sudden in like four or five years, it sounds like he's been singing his whole life. That's awesome. He's Thanks, like, man. Well, I do have a good, you know, I, I am around some of the world's best singers in my sister and brother, so I've been listening. I've been doing that my whole life. Haven't been singing my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. And you and your brother
0: have not not the same, but very similar kind of background singing, I feel like.
1: Oh, like their oh voices yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh oh back you mean specifically the background vocals? No, just like oh, you're oh, yeah. singing in general, you guys sound like We do have some similar, similar. tones. Yeah. He has a little bit more of that grit that I still have not been able to capture, and mine lilts more into the falsetto and the Jeff Buckley sort of upper register. I was things. Say, it sounds yeah. like Jeff Buckley, yeah. Reeve has like freaking Freddie Mercury plus Robert Plant plus Jeff Buckley, plus <laughs> he's got like the I'm, I'm making muscles you can't see me, no one <laughs> can see what I'm doing right now. I have no pants on, by the way. Okay. <laughs> um, and I'm and i yeah, there's so many things I can say. <laughs> anyway, um yeah, I have definitely I'm the softer side of Sears. Slight slightly, but not really, because I also do sing rock and roll yeah. on Confluence. You know, You're not the ones, definitely a rock song. Fade to Black's a rock song. Um but I don't know, I, I don't think Reeve would ever want to sing a song like Doesn't Matter Where We Go or maybe Driving in Circles, more like the pop side of things. But uh I really enjoy singing songs like that. That's I guess that's why I wrote them. But uh, and the yeah. album definitely has a theme. What would you say? Yeah, that I mean, theme is? well, part of the reason it was titled Confluence, which is kind of a weird word that I that I was like, oh, I want to name it that. Um, the idea is basically that I love jazz, I love blues, I love pop music, I love rock and roll. I almost love every style of music, but I also have been only doing that through the guitar for so many years. And then I thought, oh, I thought of this idea of like you know a confluence, especially in nature, is when like two rivers, two streams become a river, become one. And I thought, man, this has kind of been hidden in plain sight. Me writing and singing my own songs has always been there. I just didn't know it was there. And so now those two streams are finally coming together: improvising and and you know playing guitar and songwriting. You know, so that's why it was named that. Uh, so for me, it was kind of a celebration of me discovering that I actually could be a songwriter and a singer. And then fast forward to like you know it was recorded two years ago, released in September. Now so now it's been two years since we recorded those things. And yeah, I mean, it's funny to think of that time as as me thinking of it combining because now i can't see myself as separating those two right you know it's now so inherent to what i do um i don't know it's 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 pretty cool that came out i'm looking forward to you know talks that i'm having right now with managers and labels to figure out how am i going to go from making an independent ep like confluence to releasing a record and really getting out there and that's the next step and i'm I'm taking it slowly because I don't want to make a misstep and I'm really grateful that people actually want to talk to me about it and are interested yeah. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be really exciting. Oh, man, I hope so. Yeah. It feels like that. I don't know. We'll see. And, it's, I mean, it's obviously so popular,
0: and I came to your show at the Hotel Cafe, and yeah, everybody's singing along. so and, crazy. Like, I do stand-up a little bit, and if somebody laughs, which is very rarely, right. but it feels right. good. But what does it feel like when you look out to
1: see people, and they're all singing along with you? You know, what's actually my favorite thing, though? Because, okay, here's the thing about Hotel Cafe, because for the listeners, I guess, I've been doing a residency at Hotel Cafe. I started in August. And then it built up to where it was basically selling out each week, which was crazy because it's a Monday night at 9 p.m. I don't, you know, I don't know why people would want to come out on a Monday at 9 p.m. <laughs> I basically did the residency to workshop my material, not to like build a freaking audience. Yeah. But uh, thankfully, people were coming out, and and anyway, so then the hotel, a cafe asked me to do October, and November, every Monday at 9 p.m. for 60 minutes. They wanted to extend the set, and then as of last night, I guess the the Monday show that we did this past week. It's sold out legitimately. There were like people left outside, which sucks. But they said we want to have you do it in December as well. So now it's like, oh, this is crazy. So, red, yeah. so, but my favorite thing about it is the rooms, you know, are filled up. I don't know how. I'm so thankful to the people that are doing that. That I'm not doing that. They are doing that. Um, what's amazing about it is you can hear pin drop. I don't know how you can have 200 people in a room, whatever, 175 people in a room. That's actually my favorite part. I'll do a song like "Cry Me a River" or one of my originals, "My Love for You," which is on Confluence. And it'll just be really silent, and that—that's—that's that's the really cool thing to me. That people I are the people listening,
0: people are like flabbergasted. They're like this is, is one, one guy, and then he's he's holding one guitar, but it sounds like a full band. Like how Does is he it? making that? sound? Yeah, baby. Because
1: <laughs> I'm using tracks, baby. Millie Vanilli up in this joint, man. <laughs> Actually, last night at, at our, on the Monday night show, it was a really exciting show. David Ryan Harris, who used to play with John Mayer, played after me, and John ended up coming in to sit in on David's set. No Super way. secret. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. And he ended up seeing my show, too, for the first time. He never seen That's me so perform. Sick, yeah. It was a really great night. But um, during the last song, Fade to Black, I, I, I played guitar for so many years. I should know better. I didn't have strap locks on my guitar. <laughs> show. And my guitar just fell off. And so I was singing. I was like, she's scratching, crawling, crawling in the... And oh then the audience just went... And then I went, well, and I just, on the mic, said, well, that's the, hmm, and then they started laughing. (laughs) Okay, let's get this back on. I said, the good news is I do not play the tracks, and I don't have auto-tune, and now I just proved it, and let's go (laughs) again. That was the best thing I could think of, but yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, and tell me, like, how did John
0: Mayer and you sort of come I did, together? Man, that's I've been asked amazing... this question.
1: It's I don't really know. I just know that we. It have... makes sense. Like, does when it I finally all you heard? Oh yeah, of oh, course. Like, that's awesome. Two blues guitarists. It's, it, all I know is that we have a lot of mutual friends, like you know David or James Valentine from Maroon mm-hmm. Five, or and I, I guess he maybe asked around because David was doing a tour in Australia and couldn't do this this most recent tour and. And, and, you know, Dave is doing his own thing it's, and he's doing an amazing thing. So John was like, Oh, I'm looking for a guitar player. And he just asked around. And then apparently it let asking around, led him to my website and YouTube channel. And apparently he just, I don't know. He reached out. He knew more about my guitar playing on the first phone conversation we had. <laughs> I was like, first off, how do you know that I'm doing Spider-Man? Yeah. Cause he said, are you still doing that? Can you, can you pull away from that? Yeah. I was like, "This is weird that you know that I'm doing this." And, then he, and he's like, "How's Carney going?" I'm like, "Oh man, what what's going on here? How did you know about that I make music?" So for me, it was very surprising and exciting. And now we've become super guitar friends, and just friends in general, I yeah. think. But um, you know, it's it's uh, yeah, it's definitely the best quote unquote job, if you can call it that, that I've ever had in my life. And uh, he knows that, and I'm grateful that he still wants to work with me. We've been talking about. Stuff it's it's just crazy and you were on his album too yeah I was on his last album that's it's, so cool dude, yeah it's ridiculous
0: yeah what what's it like of playing for those large crowds like at Red Rocks
1: you or... know in some ways uh, it is it's sort of like I mean with Carney we play we opened for u two once and that's yeah. the best show we ever played as far as our excitement level we were like oh my gosh but um, I, I don't know it's uh, it feels just like playing at the L A or it feel I mean it really does really? I mean I think a lot of performers say that but um, The hard part I have, and John's so good at it, is he'll sing lyrics to whatever song he's singing, and he'll just look at the audience and sing into their eyes. I can see him individually looking at someone singing, and he has the confidence to do that. I'm still trying to develop that. So for me, I can see why some people say it's hard to play for three or four people. You know, It's scarier than playing for a crowd. For me, I don't. I'm not scared of playing for one person or two people, as long as I can close my eyes. But when I have to look into someone's eyes and sing, I think it's difficult for 15,000 people or yeah. for four people. And um, John really has that confidence developed. Maybe he was always good at that, but um, for me, th- that's the only thing I could see being scary about that many people there is if I start actually looking at them, not like back into the. Oh wow! Yeah. You know, to really look at like, oh, you're here. There are 15,000 of you. That's scary. But he's able to process that. So I guess that's one of the benefits of like being so awesome at music, that you have to like, learn how to do that yeah. for him. You know? that's, that's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. And uh, you've played with so many people,
0: like awesome musicians throughout your life. Do you ever play with like one of your heroes or
1: anything? Oh, man. I mean, actually, one of these hotel cafe shows coming up, I don't know if every one of these guitar players is going to make it, but uh, Adam Levy, who used to play with Nora Jones, oh, wow. is going to sit in at, yeah. on November 17th at my residency. Also a guy named Danny Donnelly, who was like a huge inspiration to my brother and I. He was a teacher at the National Guitar Workshop when we were kids. He's going to sit in on that night. And I, I, I'll say this on here only because he's been so nice and said he wants to do a show. I think he said he was doing this show, but he might not. But Johnny Lang, who's like oh, one of the wow. great yeah. – Yeah, that's going so, so if he's able to make it, there's zero pressure. He probably isn't going to be too busy, and that's fine. But um, yeah, he's one of my heroes as a kid. He happens to be a family friend and like sort of a mentor to me. So it, there's more of a familiar, you know, thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just amazing, you know, playing with people like that. And John, playing with John Mayer. I mean, I, in high school, I was driving, I was playing no, Room for Squares all the time in my freaking car. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think of other people that I, I don't know. It's all I, I get inspired by people who aren't famous or heroes, just anyone. I mean, in fact, that's kind of the whole goal of the Hotel Cafe residency. It's like every Monday, pretty much till the end of the year. Actually, no, until the end of the year, like two to three guests each week. Mm-hmm. And some of them are quote unquote famous. Some of them are not quote unquote famous. The only the common thread for all of them is that I'm inspired by the people who are coming up. And it's like, I'm just like, I want to show them off to my small little audience if they're not famous. And if they are quote unquote famous, then I just want to be like, dude, just come have a place where you don't have to be in front of a gazillion people and it'd be weird. This is just a listening room. and yeah. You can just have fun. So uh, thankfully it's been enough of a thing where people want, you know, the people who are, who are helping me out by coming are hopefully enjoying themselves. And the people that feel like I'm helping them be heard, they're, it's, it's been really special. It's been a yeah. real community-based residency. I don't that's know. really cool, yeah. yeah.
0: And one last question before you leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you work so hard. And like last week I saw you on Instagram. You, were, you had a show in New York and then in L.A. in the same day. That was awesome. Like that's incredible. Nice. You're such a hard worker too and you're so organized. Oh, thank you. But I mean, how do you like? And you work with John Mayer, who's mm. also obviously very good at
1: you know what he does. Yeah.
0: What is what do you guys like? How long? How many hours do you practice a day? How, how
1: do you yeah, get to that level? Like, what is the that's process? a good question. I mean, I, I actually do clinics, and they call them master classes, which is that's actually the term they call them. I feel uncomfortable with that because I do not think I'm a master. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, you know, I do these clinics at colleges where, um, I, one of the main things I'll say is. Right now, before you turn twenty-two, if you can find more time to practice now than later, uh, this is a good time to do it because mm-hmm. once you are paying your rent or mortgages or or you know you are traveling a lot, it is hard to find time to practice. Right. What I've been doing, though, I will say, is I spent such obsessive years, as aforementioned, you know, practicing guitar for four hours, not even knowing that was happening. I probably did log the the, the ten thousand to fifteen thousand hours that you need to like really know your craft or whatever. Um, but that was sort of just because I loved it so much. What I've been practicing this past year and a half, though, is less guitar and more songwriting and singing. Okay. So that's my practice has been when I wake up, I do a little vocal warm-up. Throughout the day, I'm checking in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, is my resonance there? So I can naturally kick into the resonance I need when I sing. Um, I'm writing I'm on the subway when I was living in New York and just writing lyrics even if I don't have a song for it yet. So my, I definitely have stayed focused on practicing. It just hasn't been guitar the past year and a half. And when I do sit down and practice guitar for half an hour, it's like... Oh gosh! I mean, I love songwriting. I love singing, but it's relaxing. Now yeah, this you. is like yeah. this is like. I mean, it would almost be like a chef making their favorite dish that they know how to make. It's yeah. like oh, this is actually not even practicing, even though it is. Mm-hmm. It's just like oh, this is making me feel good about myself. Whereas if I'm singing, uh, I'll break. i will go, oh man, this is so hard. I have to keep practicing. Mm-hmm. It's fun on the guitar to go. Well, this is I've 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 accessed a lot of nooks and crannies already. There are many more to access, but so far I've. I've touched enough for me to feel comfortable on this instrument and and make it a fun experience, but yeah, practicing is 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 hard when you're doing it as a day job, and um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's one of those things where it can be developed. The desire to practice can be developed. Some people say, "Oh, what do you wake up in the morning? You know, wanting to do the second you wake up, do that." I, I, that that uh, inspiration, quote unquote, doesn't work for me because mm-hmm. I'm freaking lazy, and I, I mean, I, I don't mean that in a um, beat myself up way but i really like relaxing i like watching a movie and vegging and all that so when i wake up my first thought is oh boy i don't want to work right now but so i have to like think how do i guide myself into working in ways that are productive for me and of service to others so it's like how do i do that and i don't know that's it's, it's taken practice i don't do it perfectly but um you know the fact that it's my only source of income helps me kind of kick my butt. Yeah, like I got, I got, I got to write a song. Tonight. Right, yeah. I got to practice. <laughs> I got to call people. Hey, I'm in town. Need someone for a gig. Now it's actually actually shifted though from me being hired for gigs, which people still are calling me, which is awesome. But it's kind of going into writing songs with people for people. You know, film scoring, uh, my solo career. So a different type of waking up and working I'm like yeah. sometimes I'm like I don't know what, to, what do you do to get <laughs> to get money from those sources right. like, I don't know just keep writing
0: see what happens well that's great to hear because like yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, that guy's a rock star. He has a rock star life. It's like, that guy oh, works man. his butt off. Yeah, right? I also
1: don't really drink or do drugs, which yeah. does help me. Because <laughs> if you're doing that, if you're living that real rock star lifestyle, it really decreases. Like, there's already a really small chance you're going to make a living in music. Right. But when you're doing those, it's like, oh, you're spending money on that. Yeah. And you're like totally messing up your body. But I have, I have also compassion goes out to people who are addicted to those things. Mm. But for the people who have a choice still left, I would say... Maybe choose water tonight. Yeah. You know? Because. I don't know. When I watch, like, yeah. Robert Plant drink a bottle of Jack oh. Daniels and oh. smoke cigarettes and then sing, I'm like, wow. It's like, that how that is the works? voice working? Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah it's, it's unbelievable. It's wow. crazy. Uh, would you happen to have time to do a song?
1: Oh, yeah. Dude, I, I was thinking about. Sorry. I'm laughing right now. It's <laughs> totally not pre recorded. I'm, I'm laughing right now because we totally already did it. And we totally recorded it. And it already sounds awesome. But I'm trying to think of a funny way to pretend like I didn't just say that out loud. Oh, yes, Aryan. Actually, phenomenally enough. I I think here comes the sun with the cape on the seventh thread and the key of A, would that work for you? Oh uh, that's yeah, perfect. My favorite thing about that song is that we didn't record it earlier. And so I'd like to just let's do it live right now. Yeah, let's t- totally do Let it Let me live. just pick up my guitar. Okay, here we go. Oh, it's my guitar. Oh, Seems like i got to get a pick. Oh, All right. there we go. Can I warm up a little bit? Yeah, sure. Up? Yeah. That's my warm-up. I need to do it in different languages. I don't know. I honestly, <laughs> people are going to think I'm a total psychopath. Right now. And uh, here we go. And here One, we go. Two, three. three.
0: Sun, here comes the sun. I say it's alright, little darling. It's been a long, cold, lonely winter, little darling. It feels like years since it's been here.
1: Here comes the sun, here comes the sun, and I say it's alright. Little darling, the smiles returning to the faces. Little darling, it seems like years since it's been here. like years since it's been clear here comes the sun here comes the sun and I say it's all right thank you so much hope you guys enjoyed that song that we didn't pre-record yeah that was a great song gosh Totally did a live. Yeah. I, I, I will say, though, we did not put Melodyne or tune on it, and that is true. Yes. But I still didn't have my pants on during that, which I'm really <laughs> sorry about to everyone who's here, because we have an audience here. Yay! Yeah. Hey, Zane and Ariane, great show. Great.
0: It's Pants Off Dance Off. It's
1: That's Pants Off it Dance Off. That's how we do it here. Thank right. you so much, Zane, for doing this today. And yeah. where can the people find you if they're yeah. looking to get your record? And- yeah, so basically, my name's Zane Carney, which is weird enough that if you type that into Google, pretty much everything will come up. Uh, uh, One up, one love, you know, two fingers to the sky. Thank you, Zane from One Direction, for spelling your name differently so that I'm still Googleable. Um, uh, all right. But uh, basically, yeah, Zane Carney at Twitter, you know, Instagram, Tumblr, it's all just Zane Carney. I think the only thing that's not just my name is Facebook, is like slash Zane Carney official. Because someone else had taken Zane Carney, uh, me, for my private account. <laughs> so I really blew it there on that one. But um, anyway, yeah, so if you just go online and, and search it up, all, all my music's on Spotify. But if you're generous enough to want to buy it on iTunes, uh, that would be wonderful and help me kind of kind of get this thing started. And then I, you can see me every Monday in Los Angeles at the Hotel Cafe, Monday nights at 9 p.m. So great, thank you. Great. And the album is
0: Amalgam and... Mm-hmm. Confluence and he's playing at the hotel cafe this Monday and I was there. It's a great show. I'm definitely gonna go again. Thank you very much, Zane.
1: Thank you. Thank